Chapter Nine of the House by the Churchyard. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. The House by the Churchyard by Joseph Sheraton Lefanu. Chapter Nine: How a Squire Was Found for the Knight of the Rueful Countenance when dr toole grumbled at his disappointment he was not at all aware how nearly his interview with loftus had knocked the entire affair on the head he had no idea how much that worthy person was horrified by his proposition and toole walked off in a huff without bidding him good-night and making a remark in which the words old woman occurred pretty audibly but loftus remained under the glimpses of the moon in perturbation and sore perplexity it was so late he scarcely dared disturb dr walsingham or general chatsworth but there came the half-stifled cadence of a song not bacchanalian but sentimental something about daphne and a swain struggling through the window shutters next the green hall door close by and dan instantly bethought himself of father roach so knocking stoutly at the window he caused the melody to subside and the shutter to open when the priest looking out saw dan loftus in his deshabelle i believe he thought for a moment it was something from the neighboring churchyard however his reverence came out and stood on the steps enveloped in a hospital aroma of broiled bones lemons and alcohol and shaking his visitor affectionately by the hand for he bore no malice and the lenten ditty he quite forgave as being no worse in modern parlance than an unhappy fluke was about to pull him into the parlour where there was ensconced he told him a noble friend of his this was pat mahoney from beyond killarney just arrived a man of parts and conversation and a lovely singer but dan resisted and told his tale in an earnest whisper in the hall the priest made his mouth into a round queer little o through which he sucked a long breath elevating his brows and rolling his eyes slowly about a jewel and nutter of all the men on the face of the earth though i often heard he was a fine shot and a sweet little fencer in his youth and game too oh be the powers you can see that still game to the backbone and wished a bit now who's the other lieutenant o'flaherty a low whistle from his reverence that's a boy that comes from a fighting county galway i wish you saw them at an election time why there's no end of diversion the diversion of stopping them of course i mean observing a sudden alteration in loftus's countenance and you of course want to stop it and so of course do i my dear well then wait a bit now we must have our eyes open don't be in a hurry let us be harmless as serpents but wise as doves now tis a fine thing no doubt to put an end to a jewel by act of interference though i've known cases my dear child where 
suppressing a simple jewel has been the cause of half a dozen breaking out afterwards in the same neighbourhood and on the very same quarrel do you mind though of course that's no reason here and there my dear boy but take it that a jewel is breaking down and coming to the ground of itself here a hugely cunning wink in an easy natural accommodating way the only effect of interference is to bolster it up you see so just consider how things are my dear leave it all to me and mind my words it can't take place without a second the officers have refused so has tool you won't undertake it and it's too late to go into town i defy it to come to anything just be said be me dan loftus and let sleeping dogs lie here i am an old experienced observer that's up to their tricks with my eye upon them go you to bed lave them to me and they're checkmated without so much as seeing how we bring it to pass dan hesitated Arrah, go to your bed dan loftus dear it's past eleven o'clock they're nonplussed already and lave me me that understands it to manage the rest well sir i do confide it altogether to you i know i might through ignorance do a mischief and so they bid a mutual good-night and loftus scaled his garret stair and snuffed his candle and plunged again into the business of two thousand years ago here's a purty business says the priest extending both his palms with a face of warlike importance and shutting the door behind him with what he called a cow's kick a jewel my dear pat no less bloody work i'm afeard mr manny who had lighted a pipe during his entertainer's absence withdrew the fragrant tube from his lips and opened his capacious mouth with a look of pleasant expectation for he like other gentlemen of his day and must we confess not a few jolly clerics of my creed as well as of honest father roaches regarded the ordeal of battle and all its belongings simply as the highest branch of sporting not that the worthy father avowed any such sentiment on the contrary his voice and his eyes if not his hands were always raised against the sanguinary practice and scarce a duel occurred within a reasonable distance unattended by his reverence in the capacity as he said of an unauthorized but earnest though he feared unavailing peacemaker there he used to spout little maxims of reconciliation and christian brotherhood and forbearance exhorting to forget and forgive wringing his hands at each successive discharge and it must be said too in fairness playing the part of a good samaritan towards the wounded to whom his green hall door was ever open and for whom the oil of his consolation and the wine of his best bin never refused to flow pat my child said his reverence that nutter's a divil of a fellow at least he was by all accounts he'll be bad enough i'm afeard and hard enough to manage if everything goes smooth 
but if he's kept waiting there fuming and boiling over do you mind without a natural vent for his feelings or a friend do you see at his side to restrain him and bring about if possible a friendly mutual understanding why my dear child he'll get into that state of exasperation and violence he'll have half a dozen jewels on his hands before morning ach tid be a murther to bulk them for want of a friend answered mr mahony standing up like a warrior and laying his pipe of peace upon the chimney will i go down father dennis and offer my services with a view to reconciliation mind said his reverence raising his finger closing his eyes and shaking his florid face impressively ah brother don't i know of course reconciliation and he was buttoning his garments where being a little in flesh as well as tall he had loosed them where are the gentlemen now and who will i ask for i'll show you the light from the steps ask for dr Toole, and he's certainly there and if he's not for mr nutter and just say you came from my house where you uh pooh accidentally heard through mr loftus do you mind there was a difficulty in finding a friend to uh strive to make up matters between them by this time they stood upon the doorsteps and mr manny had clapped on his hat with a pugnacious cock a one side and following with a sporting and mischievous leer the direction of the priest's hand that indicated the open door of the phoenix through which a hospitable light was issuing there's where you'll find the gentleman in the front parlor says the priest you'll remember dr Toole, and he'll remember you and mine dear it's to make it up you're goin mr manny was already under way at a brisk stride and with a keen relish for the business and the blessing of the peacemaker go with you my child added his reverence lifting his hands and his eyes towards the heavens and upon my fanny looking shrewdly at the stars and talking to himself they'll have a fine morning for the business if unfortunately and here he reascended his doorsteps with a melancholy shrug if unfortunately pat manny should fail when mr pat manny saw occasion for playing the gentleman he certainly did come out remarkably strong in the part it was done in a noble florid glowing style according to his private ideal of the complete fine gentleman such bows such pointing of the toes such graceful flourishes of the three-cocked hat such immensely engaging smiles and wonderful by-play such an apparition in short of perfect elegance valor and courtesy were never seen before in the front parlor of the phoenix mr manny by jingo ejaculated Toole in an accent of thankfulness amounting nearly to rapture nutter seemed relieved too and advanced to be presented to the man who instinct told him was to be his friend clough a man of fashion of the military school eyed the elegant stranger with undiagnosed disgust and wonder and devereux 
with that subacid smile with which men will sometimes quietly relish absurdity mr manny discoursing a country neighbor outside the halfway house at muckafubble or enjoying an easy tete-a-tete with father roach was a very inferior person indeed to patrick manny esq the full-blown diplomatist and pink of gentility astonishing the front parlor of the phoenix there mr manny's periods were fluent and florid and the words chosen occasionally rather for their grandeur and melody than for their exact connection with the context or bearing upon his meaning the consequence was a certain gorgeous haziness and bewilderment which made the task of translating his harangues rather troublesome and conjectural having effected the introduction and made known the object of his visit nutter and he withdrew to a small chamber behind the bar where nutter returning some of his bows and having listened without deriving any very clear ideas to two consecutive addresses from his companion took the matter in hand himself and said he i beg sir to relieve you at once from the trouble of trying to arrange this affair amicably i have been grossly insulted he's not going to apologize and nothing but a meeting will satisfy me he's a mere murderer i have not the faintest notion why he wants to kill me but being reduced to this situation i hold myself obliged if i can to rid the town of him finally shake hands sir cried manny forgetting his rhetoric in his enthusiasm be the hole in the wall sir i honor you end of chapter nine recording by john brandon